guys. Welcome back. This is episode 200. 200. Of your favorite autism podcast, Autastic. I mean, it better be your favorite. It has to be. It has to be. It's a short list. <laughs> if you have more than one. You could be listening to, there might be a couple others. I even researched. I'm sure there are. There are now. Because people we, have messaged us, actually, and said, yeah. I do this now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pioneers. We're pioneers. Honestly, I think we were the first. We were among the first. Were we the first? Oh, maybe not. That I don't think we were. The, we can't. We we're not the first. That can't be true. No, no. But we're. You know, I tell you what. Um, we we were we are the biggest. Or I think we are. We are the biggest as far as listens. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, as far as iTunes, and uh, and and we we. we, we Come, come at us, new podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> this turned weirdly braggy off the top. I'm not sure what's going well, on. Well, I'm proud of us, dude. I'm really, really honestly proud of us. 200 uh, episodes is a not lot. Nothing. It's a lot of time. I mean, yeah. how, how many? It's like three years we've been doing this. More. Four. Four years we've been doing this. Boom. Yeah, time flies. Yeah, I mean, if we did 50 a year, yeah, it's at least four. It's a lot. We've been doing it a long time. Um We've been more or less consistent. Yeah, we had a we, couple little gaps in there. We've we had cross country a few times. Crazy schedules. We've on, we've only missed a few weeks here or there. We've we've been to Australia four times in the interim. Yes. The UK half a dozen times. Yeah. Sweden ten times. Yeah. Canada, five hundred yeah. times. <laughs> uh, the Caribbean. Oh, so many times. The Caribbean. We Caribbean? spent. Caribbean. I don't know. I don't My know. mother says Caribbean. <clears throat> I can't know. I never. I don't know what things are Canadian and aren't anymore. Um, do you guys have McDonald's in America? Anyway, uh, they, so it's like we, we, we went through a period, a two-year period, where we lived on different sides of the continent. Not wrong. That was a tough one. A lot of me cutting you off. Yeah, and we did that for two years. So we, we started, we both lived in L.A., mm-hmm. and now we both live in New York. You followed me. I'm a trailblazer. You're the trailblazer. I'm yeah. following in Graham's massive footsteps. Oh, 11 and a half. What are those? I don't know. 14. 14s. Yeah. Massive footsteps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 14s, but I wear size 13 shoes other than basketball shoes or running shoes. If it's oh. just because uh, you can't find cool shoes, in quotes, uh, that are size 14. So you just squish your toes? I squish my toes or I get leather shoes. Or, or, you or, stretch them out. Huh? And they stretch. There's a new thing. A buddy sent me. You can pre stretch your shoes. This little machine. Uh, I'll send you the link. 15 bucks. I'm not kidding. Mm. It's this little machine, like kind of like a shoe tree, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll stretch it out. We got way off topic. Not really, though. My son, uh, I'm going to see my son hopefully soon. Same thing. He's size 12 and 13. I'm 13. So usually he, he'll either go 12 or 13. Depends on his feet are also very, very wide. Mm-hmm. Very kind of flat-footed. Um, we're working on that little pigeon toe thing he does with the one leg. That's a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say off. I don't know what to call it. Why do you it. think one leg is pigeon toed? Like, would know. he be like that way if he if he wasn't if he didn't have autism? Would he have a pigeon toe? I don't you think, think it's related. Think but it's he's had it for a long time. He's had it since birth. So he does it one leg. But he used to have like a little noticeable little limp, like a little drag the foot. Doesn't do that anymore. That's good. It's good. How long? When when did that stop happening? A couple of years. It's been a couple of years now. Wow. Why do you think that stopped? I'm not sure. Physical therapy? We haven't done any physical therapy that I know of. I mean, other than uh, exercise. You know, so we try to get him exercise. Yeah, that's sort of physical therapy. I Moving guess. to Sweden, having those nurses help him every day. Those walking around. Sweet, sweet nurses. Sweet, yeah, sweet. I think the walking helps. A lot of walking. Yeah. A lot of walking, a little bit of skateboard riding, uh, scooter riding, sorry. And uh, a little bit of bike riding. Speaking of uh, sports, 
That leads us into our first in the news. Our first in the news, yeah. We got uh, a special episode. We're doing two in the news, right? We're doing two in the news. It's the 200th episode. We got a special uh, interview with Peter coming down. We haven't heard from my little bro, Peter, in, a, in, in, a, in a long time. And, um, and so we figured 200 episode, we'll bring him back, see what he's up to, do a little weekly update with him. And, uh, yeah, so just uh, before we get going, before we get really into the, the meat of this episode, I just want to say uh, thank you so much, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, uh, to all the listeners, all the fans, all the, uh, all the autastics out there that come out to shows when we're performing our stand-up acts in your towns, and who continue to listen to the show, continue to support, and, uh, and tell other people about it, and um, we just really, really appreciate it. And also, uh, a big heartfelt thanks to all the, uh, all the people out there that donate on Patreon over the years. We sincerely really appreciate that. Uh, it does mean a lot to us, so we really do appreciate that. And, and the uh, listens, just listening to guys. If not, it's just two idiots talking to each other into the void. Yeah, yeah. So. Kirk's got to ride <laughs> two buses and two subways to get here. And if you aren't, if you don't listen, it's just a, a sad middle-aged man on public transit for no reason. Well, either way, it's that, but the no reason, right? Right. Either way, it's a sad middle-aged oh, man yes, on public yes. transit. For, yeah, well, you're no right. matter yeah, what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only white guy on both buses, I think, today. And uh, no, I think there was a white person on the train. Yeah, I just uh, talking to myself on the train. The so, what is that? Well, yeah, it's just uh, you, well, you, you're gentrifying the bus now. We're gentrifying <laughs> the bus one sad man. Reverse gentrifying. <laughs> you're bringing housing prices down. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> <he's> bringing, <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's bringing diversity to the bus. What do you mean? Well, everybody was happy before he got here. Now there's some <laughs> sadness. There's a little bit of everything. <laughs> I made myself laugh. Um, I love you, buddy. You're 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 a good dad. You're a great dad. We're doing it. You're a great dad. You're a good man, and uh, I appreciate you doing this podcast with me. And I appreciate you. I push you a little bit. You push me a bit. Um, we probably wouldn't do it in the first place. You're the nope. one who suggested it. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want to do a podcast about autism. How many episodes could we do? Five or six? It'd run out of things to talk about. That's what I kept saying. I was like 200. I was like, yes, that's true, right? I was like, yeah. what's the point? I mean, what are we going to do? Like, I could do like a, a mini series podcast and it could just be like evergreen, meaning it would never get old and people could just re- go go back to it. We could tell them about it. It could be like a document, like a Ken Burns documentary about the Civil War or something. We could just talk about autism and our experiences through it with our family members and stuff but like what's the what's the uh point the point <laughs> so mean yeah but that really and i and i sort of had, we, i had to do it i had to do it a lot to um to realize the point that they're there and you were right you you, you there there is a, it is endlessly shifting and my Autism in my life, with my experiences with my brother, is not uh, monolithic. It's it's, it's, not, stagnant it's not yeah, it's not stagnant. I guess is a better way to put it. And 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 it keeps keep, keeps changing. And there's new experiences and new things coming afoot. And and I probably wouldn't have realized that if it weren't for this podcast. I've gotten a lot closer with my brother. I think not really, but I I've gotten a lot closer in understanding him and I and thinking about him more in a way I hadn't and thinking about him and his disability in a way. It just forces me to th- to think about it and, and and learn about um 
Uh, Episode two hundred. The clicks keep coming. No, no, it's you, you don't <laughs> turn off. Don't Brent. turn off your text. Don't turn off. Yeah, just answer. You answer text, Kirk. It was um, my. It was I'm my... talking about my brother. For God's sake, it's really heartfelt. <laughs> coming to a nice crescendo. Uh, people, people had tears in their eyes, and I was about to pull the tears out, Kirk. And 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 no, you're getting a text. Um, uh, so no. I, anyway, so uh, it, it's uh, it's it, and it's also helped understand help myself understand me um and my relation to it um in more ways than one <laughs> you know we joke about it like we, this podcast is slowly de- devolving into uh discovering that i have autism I'd say developing it's developing, not yeah. it's developing <laughs> progressing right to right. the big reveal yeah the big re- <laughs> episode 300 is graham has autism <laughs> It's like uh, it's like the sixth sense. I would not <laughs> want to bring down uh, all the people who do have autism. I would I would bring down the group. We uh, have other issues too. I we can't blame issues. everything on autism. No, no. No, I do want to say that. Yeah, the point of this podcast of me is just to be encouraging to you guys that you feel encouraged. You're not alone. There's a lot of us going through this together. Yeah. And not having the answers doesn't mean it's the end of the world or that you're sad or anything else. Just we're all just learning together and just. Baby steps. Yeah, absolute baby, and that's what it is. This podcast is about baby steps, um, and you know we we got better at it, and uh, went through a lot a lot of changes, yeah. a lot of huge yeah. life changes um, with your you know with with JJ your son and yeah well, we covered his mom passing was an episode his I think mom was, his she mom. was on the podcast I think episode 86 we maybe interviewed her and then she yeah. passed not too long after that yeah, within a year, a year. Mm-hmm. and um, and then uh, you know your son's developments um, positive developments for the most part yeah. I would say yeah huge positive developments when we started this podcast you were like oh I don't know if you know he'll ever communicate with me in any way well, the uncertainty was a real thing, too, that a lot of us are going through. You don't know what the future holds. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah I understand that. And then, but what happened was, and this is also a, a message we're putting out, yeah. uh, is that even at late stages, he was 18 when we started this, 17 when we started this podcast. 16. 16. Um, you know, he, he kept developing. Yeah, he's still developing. He's still developing to the point where he is communicating with you, not necessarily verbally, but like. He's typing. He's typing things, and he's blowing you kisses, and he's making more eye contact, and it, and he's he knows like he you talk to him every day on Skype, and you communicate. I'm sure it, it's it's still in everything you want, but it's like the when he's he's typing out things he wants on a computer. Yeah, it's monumental. Big how, steps. How big that is. That's crazy. It's a, it's amazing, and that can happen to you guys listening. It really can still happen. It's just, you know, <laughs> the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. It's just these things take a long time and a lot of work, but if you're willing to do it, it can happen. And um, and I'm proud of you for being patient. I'm proud of you for putting him in a position where he, trying to make me cry. Where he can he Son can succeed. It's not hard. It's not easy what you did. Uh, put uh, in a facility in Sweden, and um, you know, you make an effort every day. You make an effort to talk to him every day. You you travel all the time, and you and you're sacrificing being with your son because you know he's in a better place right now for him. I think it's the best thing for him right now. Well, yeah, it certainly is. And it's the only alternative right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So but I think that's a good uh, analogy for a lot of what a lot of us are going through. It's not ideal in the not sense ideal. that it's not what I would prefer, but it's the uh, it's the best thing for him right now, and I don't know what the alternative is. So it's uh, it's good. Speaking of uh, autistic uh, boys, men, men and boys thriving. You wanna you wanna you wanna do this week this week review this uh this in the news? We'll do in the news. This is a fun one. Uh, what I forget his name. What's his name? It's a tough one. Colleen Bennett. K-A-L-I-N. I think it's Colleen. Yeah. Colleen Bennett. Uh, we touched upon him maybe a year ago yep. when he signed a letter of intent. He is a uh, young man with autism who um, plays Division One basketball, NCAA Division One basketball here in America, and uh, which is the highest level of collegiate sports possible. Highest level before pro. Before pro. Oh. And um, he scored his first basket last night yeah it was a nice move yeah kent state yeah great move it doesn't hurt that he is a big man he's a gigantic <laughs> man he's a big boy 6 11 300 pounds 300 pounds he's a big man but he moves a bit he's got he a little, little bit. post move a little footwork yeah he's footwork. obviously uh higher functioning i don't know i mean uh i mean he's in college my, my yeah. brother could if my brother could dunk from the foul line he could not make it in college Right. Okay. Right. It's like this guy cannot dunk from the foul line. But I know what you're saying. Okay. No, Colleen cannot. Uh, but Colleen can dunk from. He can definitely dunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to read it? Want me to read it? You read it. Okay. This is on uh, Yahoo Sports. It's everywhere, uh, and it's got a video one too. I'm not going to play the. Well, we could include the video thing. Why? It's just a bunch of squeaker noises. Okay. Fair enough. Or sneaker well, noises. Interview his mother. Squeaky, this beautiful sneak- lady. Squeaky like, sneaker positive. noises. I said squeaker. I squeaker. combined squeaky and sneaker. Uh, Colleen Bennett made history last fall when he became the first person with autism to sign a letter of intent with a Division I school. Just under a year, Bennett has made history once again. At 6'11", 300-pound freshman, that's a big man, sorry, the biggest man on his team, made his debut for Kent State Wednesday night. He came into the game with six minutes left with about 2.30 left on the clock, and he did something that no one with autism has ever done before. He made a Division I basket. It shows the move that's on, um, on ESPN's uh, Instagram and Twitter if you're interested you can google it there for Bennett and his mother Sonia it's been a long road to this accomplishment in an interview with WBUR in June Sonia revealed that she had told her baby son he sorry Sonia revealed that she was told that her baby son would never walk or talk and that she could try to put him in a facility uh-huh. while there might be some while that might be the right move for some children with autism Sonia did not feel it was the right move for Colleen. Boy, that was a really, uh, I really like that sentence because there's no judgment on, everybody's at a very different level, right? different energy, different, mm-hmm. yeah, so don't feel judgment. I feel like part of aut- part of this podcast is talking to people about there's different alternatives for different kids. If you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Mm-hmm. So seeing somebody else's success is not a reflection on you or your lack of success, quote unquote, for your child. So don't view it that way. Everybody's on their own, very unique, different path. I'm talking to myself a lot here, too, because my son didn't play basketball. I'd have loved for him to play basketball. It's not an indictment on me. Here we go. So this is quoting her. Quote, I said, no, I had a child with the ability to do great things, and they just wanted to put a period on it and just tell me to throw my hands up. Sonia told WBUR. Well, I didn't throw my hands up. I did throw my hands up, and I said, God, please help me with Colleen. Sonia found a therapist who came to her home to work with Bennett, three times a week, and while nothing changed immediately, things began to slowly improve. He began to sit up and started communicating with her 
by banging pots and pans. Well, that's, that's one way to communicate. Yeah, it's like playing little drums. Benno would finally start to speak at age seven. After a pep rally in the third grade, he told his mother he wanted to play basketball. She was terrified, but his doctor, but his doctor suggested that he try it. At the start, it wasn't easy. He was brand new to the sport and had trouble learning coaches' schemes, but Bennett loves math, and his coaches were able to use numbers to help teach him. Mm. And then shows a picture of him like in a tuxedo. Very handsome man. It took me a few years for Bennett to find success in the court, but once he did, that confidence spilled over to other areas of his life. He started to break some of the walls that I was struggling with. I started to break some of the walls that I was struggling with, Bennett told W. Burr. You know, just being able to talk to people, hang out with other kids, and be tougher. Then going into middle school, I learned about a lot about myself, like not being anyone else, just being Colleen, and that transferred to high school, end quote. Transferred beyond high school, and Bennett's first basket at Kent State was just the beginning for him. He knows that everything he does is a result of years of hard work and his mother's decision to follow her instincts and find him the right kind of help. This game was a lot of fun, Bennett told Cleveland's Fox 8. After Wednesday's night game, being able to display all the hard work we put in and where we go from here. And for my mom to see it, it was really big for me to let her know that everything she did was not in vain. Oh, man. Isn't that nice? Oh. That kind of segues perfectly into what we were talking about before. I know. That's heart-wrenching. Man. Oh. That's nice. This is a, I feel like this is a podcast sometimes is an evil plot to make me cry. Well, Kirk doesn't cry. He just sort of stops talking and he stares down. <laughs> Sometimes I stare off in the middle distance, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what was that thing you said when we went to go buy a car with me one day? We you were just staring into the sun? Something. You're talking about uh, having a spark inside you. And I, I said, uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly what that is, but whatever was inside me died a long time ago. And he wasn't joking. <laughs> he was driving a car. We were t- there was three of us in a car. Two of us were talking. Kirk was driving. And I, we were talking about life and spark and stuff. And then he, he just said, one hand on the steering wheel, and he stared off into the horizon. And the sun was setting. And he goes, that spark died in me a long time ago. <laughs> and then we just laughed for about 10 minutes That's at his face. Funny. That's pretty funny. At my back. I was facing forward. I was still driving. <laughs> and we were looking for a car for you, yeah. you ungrateful little jerk. Why am I mean ungrateful? It was funny, man. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, being around me gives you a spark. I can't help it. Mm, I think I said, I don't know what exactly we're talking about, but yeah, whatever that was. It died a long time ago. Yeah, but that was funny. Um, that's how I approach comedy. I'll say things and then it'll make people laugh and then I'll look around and I go, well, I guess that's funny. And then I'll write it down and then I'll repeat it later. (laughs) It's like someone learning, uh, learning facial cues when they have autism. You're not wrong. No, (laughs) that's how you do comedy. That's how I do everything. So do sports too. Well, that was a good move. That worked. Remember that. I see. Pump fake, step inside, give him a little elbow. I see. Well, uh, that's an amazing story. Amazing story. uh, Kalin? Kalin's mother is fantastic. Kalin is fantastic. I love that he knew, even in middle school, he was like, I have to concentrate on just being myself and nobody else. I am still trying to work on that um, at the age of 38. I think it highlights, too, that... I. I mean, since uh, we've covered this before, I know, but no, no man, no person is an island. Like all these success stories involve people around them who believed in them and put the time in and yes. the effort. Yes. And then there was success. The coaches too. You yes. Know many, the you teammates. Know, I, I used to have a podcast about sports. Com- interviewing comedians were sports memories. Uh, friends in sports. You can listen to it if you want. 
on uh, on on whatever on Apple. And uh, and anyway, he and every comedian would be like, "I had the worst coach. They didn't, because comedians we take more, we need more time generally to like learn stuff. And that and then he and then it was just comedian. It was just like endless stories of coaches yelling and having no patience i'd love to have the opposite coach it's like coaches stories and i interview the coaches what was the deal with this guy does he yeah like, this guy doesn't listen to me i told him from the beginning <laughs> yeah like, but the, the same coach could have said that about with colin you know and, and then but instead know, they I'm took the time dumb. i'm just being dumb. no you're right though you're 100 right <laughs> my basketball coach used to call me sleeping beauty <laughs> i'm sure he was definitely a war uh, like a, a war criminal from the former yugoslavia during the war and he was just like, sleeping beauty, sleeping beauty, pay attention. Our coach, I remember I played college ball. Our coach was 6'10", about 280. Um, John Block, he was a former all-star in the NBA, could play a little bit. I saw him recently, he had open heart surgery. He's about 65, and I told him, I'm like, listen, he's about 75. He's like, he's like hunched over. Now he's like 6'4", you know, because he's hunched over, he's older. I'm like, you know, uh, it's good to see you. I think I could finally beat you up. Yeah. Finally, I stayed to your left, and he laughed. I'm like, I don't know why you're laughing, but I think I could finally <laughs> kick your. And I said a little crap, more crass than that, yeah. but I was like, I'll finally kick your butt. But he used to grab me by the jersey. He's like six eight, two eighty, whatever, and I was like six two, one eighty, and shake me around. I remember just like a rag doll. <laughs> Do I need to get my daughter out here? And I'm like being shooken around. <laughs> Go over there, and he like throws you towards the wing. Yeah. Um, so coaching matters for sure. Yeah. I uh yeah so so uh big big ups to the mom and to the coaches and the whole support system and Tickleman himself for being strong and persevering and you know good guy by well, every successful kid. man there's a hard working mom kid friend <laughs> coach yeah. 10 people and it ain't easy going to college when you learn how to speak when you're 7 yeah that's pretty impressive that's great that's awesome it's a good story um well, uh, should we do another in the news, or should we talk to Pete? What do you think, bud? Let's do another in the news. Let's do it. You want to read this one? Sure. This one is, uh, you know, it's 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 an it's a rather intense. It's more intense, you know, but uh, but it's like it's pretty pertinent. I think pretty pertinent and. Um, it's a, it's about sex and autism. So I think that you know we'll 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 uh, we'll, we'll have some fun here or no, before. Wow. And then, jeez. Uh, <laughs> and then talk about get some ser- get serious. And then go back and and talk talk to Peter. Um, so this one is in Spectrum News. Uh, it is by Amy Gravino, and the title is "Why It's Time to Be Honest About Autistic Women and Sex." In 2006, I had sex for the first time. Um, um, a moment twenty. 20- two years in the making. I flung open my bedroom window shortly afterward, undeterred by the chilly February air, and shouted into the night, I am no longer a virgin. Do you hear that? There were no headlines the next morning, much to my surprise. No newspapers proclaiming, breaking, woman with autism has sex. Ticker tape parade to follow. I suddenly knew that what I had been led to believe was uh, was impossible was, in fact, absolutely possible. Autistic women can and do have sex. And for the neurotypical women, these sexual experiences can be great, but they can also be painful. In any case, my experience ended in pain and disappointment. A month before the winter night, I had told this man I loved him. I was certain he felt the same. 
But six months after that night, I was heartbroken to learn that he had not loved me at all and that he had a girlfriend the entire time. Hmm. Men are trash. Um, <laughs> how had I missed this fact? Was it because I am autistic or because I, I was in love? And which one made me more vulnerable? I'm still not sure because there's a little information available about uh, there. There is little information about uh, autistic women and sex. It was not until years later that I discovered my passion as an autism as an autism sexually sexuality advocate. I have collaborated with researchers to help them gain insight into and improve the sexual experience of autistic women. But we still have far to go. Researchers still find the idea of autistic women as sexual beings hard to accept and still perpetuate misunderstandings about when and how and why we have sex. A study published this year is a case in point. The researchers interviewed 135 women, 161 typical women and 96 autistic men about their sexual experiences. They confirmed their theory that autistic women tend to be less interested in sex than typical women uh, or autistic men. Yet they found that autistic women have more sexual experience than autistic men do. And many of them report re regretting these experiences or not having wanted them in the first place, suggesting they are at risk of sexual abuse. But the study has some serious flaws in its assumptions and gaps in reasoning. Many of the conclusions do not fully reflect my experience as an autistic woman. Um, ima uh, imagining every detail. One of the screening tools the researchers used to measure sexual knowledge was the Sexual Behavior Scale, version 3, blah, blah, blah. Although this study claims that this tool is a valid measure of socio-sexual functioning among autistic people, it may not be. Some people with autism may be able to read and understand questions, but that does not necessarily mean they can, gain, they can glean the questions, meaning autistic people, especially women, often do not receive appropriate or thorough sexual education in school or at home. Some may fill this gap with theoretical rather than practical information. For example, as a 15-year-old, I was curious and confused writing and reading erotic fiction online and imagining every minute detail of sex. But I had no idea that women could have an orgasm. There was also no talk about birds and bees with my parents, uh, who spent so much time fighting with the school to get me the education and support I needed that they never uh, brought the topic to me. I remember the dimly lit college dorm room years later, my body spread beneath my first boyfriend's exploring touch, I realized that only then that I had pubic hair. My awareness of my body had previously been almost non-existent. In one breathless moment, and despite my voracious online reading, I also realized just how little I truly knew about sex. This kind of knowledge gap is common among other autistic women I know, but the researchers make no mention of the role that this kind of lack of sexual knowledge and self knowledge might play in the answers uh, the participants in their study gave. That puts some of the researchers' claims into doubt. They say that autistic women consented to unwanted sexual events behaviors m um, more often than autistic men and typical women did. 
consented to, sorry, consented to unwanted sexual events and behaviors more often than men and typical women did. But the nature of the questions may not allow for complex answers. As many autistic women sometimes consent uh, that, that their idea of a sexual encounter is, but uh, not to what it actually turns out to be. I couldn't find the words. The researchers call for more studios or studies on the not studios. That'd be weird. Uh, the researchers call for more studies on the victimization or abuse autistic women might experience and why they may be particularly vulnerable in certain situations. They acknowledge that abuse is often underreported by autistic people, but they do not mention that this may be because women do not fully understand what abuse is or recognize they are being abused. When my college boyfriend dumped me, he became verbally abusive. I felt that I needed to remain friends with him, and I did not have the confidence to end the friendship. In another instance, I began corresponding with the older brother of a boy I knew in college. What started as flirtation and sexual exchanges turned into him begging, pleading, and harassing me to show him parts of my body. As time went on, I stopped wanting to do it, but felt unbearably guilty for saying no. My self-esteem was low, and I believed that if I turned him down, no one would ever want me. It was more than a decade before I recognized these situations as abusive. The researchers also failed to connect the idea that autistic women tend to be uninterested in sex with the finding that these women have many negative sexual experiences. Also, they spoke to only 135 autistic women. The results cannot and should not be indicative of the entire autistic female population. Uh, we need researchers to better understand and address the intersection of autism and trauma and how unwanted sexual experiences shape the influence uh, the studies of autistic women towards sex. They must also take great care in framing these conversations so as to not cast blame on autistic women for the unwanted sexual events they may experience. I still think of the disappointment, the uncertainty, and the ecstasy of my early sexual experiences. And I think about how different it all might have been if I had known more about sex and love. As a society, we need to push past taboos and fear to have more frank, open, and yes, difficult conversations about sex and sexuality. Do you hear that? Uh, Amy Gravino is an autism consultant and writer for uh, writer whose work focuses on sex and sexually uh, sexuality among autistic people. It's a weird way to end the article, but yeah. Do you hear that? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, real. Uh, um, yeah, I think the last paragraph sums it up, uh, where it's like uh, we need to have a more push past was a more frank, open, and yes, difficult conversations. Because you and I kind of disagreed on whether this is. Good to include, but uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I don't it's understand important. why it would be a bad idea to include this. It's a more it's m one of the more pertinent things we've discussed. I think it's pertinent. I just think there's people listening to it with uh, little kids in the car, so I'm gonna put an explicit rating on this episode for the the word sexuality. No, but you're talking about orgasming and stuff. Yeah, so if you don't want to have a conversation with your seven year old about it today, all right. Um, but I think she's right. I think that. Uh, I think you could be in a position where you've researched a, a topic and still don't understand, and you still don't understand what you're consenting to. So even if you're consenting, and I think that's one of parents' big concerns, where they're like, you have an autistic daughter or son, but daughter, I mean, obviously, is more vulnerable because you can get pregnant. A lot of things can happen 
where you're consenting to something that you don't fully understand all the implications of what that means. Yeah, I think for it's I think am I wrong in assuming that it's harder for parents to talk to their daughters about sex than their sons? I've only ever talked to my daughter mm-hmm. about sex. I don't know, but uh, with a son, it's a much. I I feel like it's an easier conversation as a man because I'm going to tell him what I think, and I'm a man, so we're men, so this is how we think. Yeah. For some woman, I'm trying to understand. I I was thinking about this the other day. I think everyone I've ever dated, I've made cry at some point, and I tried to write a joke about it, but it's like. So I think as a man, you can say things that just get interpreted the wrong way, <laughs> get misinterpreted because women are just think about things differently and. Yeah, but that's not about sex. It's like the bird. It's not like you have pubic hair and stuff. No, like no. But that. I'm saying the tone and how I say it made them cry. It wasn't the words. So right. same thing with this. I was thinking about this one time. I was at I was at uh, Target with my kids, and my daughter was like 14, and I don't think she'll mind me talking about this, but she had really bad menstrual stuff, cramps, and why did I say stuff? Cramps, and I was like, let's get to the car. I understand, but let's get to the car. And she wanted to like sit down right in the parking lot. And I was kind of in my dad mode. I'm like, let's go. Let's go to the car. I get that. And so, like, things like that where you're just not as delicate as you could be about it. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing, I think. We're trying to discuss sex. with. But if my daughter was autistic, we had a lot of talks about it, like, against her better judgment. She didn't want to talk about it, but we I, we talked about it. I don't it. think it was her better judgment. Or against her wishes. She yeah. wasn't very excited to talk about sex with her dad. Of Probably nobody not. is. Nobody is. It's yeah. an absolute nightmare, but you have to do. You both have to do it. Both. Yeah. It sucks for everybody, but it's better yeah. in the end. So I, I, and I just, I'm not a parent. You are, and um, you could be a lot. Of, I could be one. Who knows? Uh, who knows? We, we, a lot of you listening are parents, but uh, I just want, I just want to encourage you through this article uh, that you should talk to your kids about sex, especially talk to your nonverbal daughters. Uh, well, nonverbal too, but your verbal daughters. Like she's obviously higher function. This girl Amy. Yeah, she went to university and. College. She talks about the way she describes sex. It sounds less than ideal, mm-hmm. and it sounds like, like she said, like it could have been better if she could knew. Could have been better if she had more awkward conversations. Yeah, with her dad or her mom. Yeah. Like, you know, you think it's this. It's not like the movies. It's like this. But and just walk her through it. So this is in Canada. It's different. You go in in school. You all learn about it. Like like everything. This is a big country, though. So here, it's all over the place. It depends right. on the state. Right. Really depends on the state. You're learning less thing. You're learning different things in Alabama than California, for sure. Yeah. Or you know, Oklahoma or you know Montana. So mm. it's it's state by state the sex ed. And I don't we. I mean, I don't know what, how I feel about that. Having the teachers discuss them, it's fine. But I think the parent. That's one of the things you got to talk to them about. Because that has real implications, though, especially as a woman, mm-hmm. having unprotected sex with people that you you know you get pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a real issue. Yeah, or you can get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, even the simple conversation where would have been helpful for her to like talk to her about. Listen, men like sex, and so if you're corresponding with somebody, he's gonna ask you for this. You're not obligated. Don't if you don't want to send him, don't send him naked pictures. If you don't want to, don't feel guilty about it. You don't owe this guy naked pictures, like that, like that when she when she highlighted that about how she felt pressured into sending him stuff. If you're in a loving relationship and you're you know, yeah. your husband's asking for pictures. That's one thing. But some guy you know, barely, yeah. and he wants pictures from you. You don't know him any pictures. Nope. And you certainly shouldn't feel bad about not wanting to send them. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but obviously, I'm not making fun of her. Obviously, she didn't have that conversation. That would have been a conversation. That would have been a, some information that would have been helpful to her. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And the other, the other one, the beginning, I know I go into dad mode, but just because you love someone, you know, feel it out. See if they love you back. That doesn't mean they love you back. Right. And the idea, another thing I want to talk about is the, I touch upon is in highlight is the idea that, um, young women with autism aren't thinking about sex as much as young men. It's, there's no way that they, their brains are different. Their hormones are the same. Do you know what I mean? They're still teenagers, hormonal teenagers. They have to be thinking. It just it manifests itself in a way that is is harder to detect because the women are more complicated and in different ways. Everyone's different. Like, she obviously was going through something when she's... Uh, no one told her to read, um, like, saucy... Yeah. You know, whatever. What's it called? Porn no, novel? What is it called? Yeah, 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 yeah. Erotic fiction. Erotic fiction, you know, and write her own. Like, right. stuff's, obviously stuff's happening, <laughs> you yeah. know? She's becoming a, a woman, so... Well, I think the big thing is ignoring it doesn't mean it's not happening. Exactly. If you have an autistic daughter or son, ignoring it is not... It's... We uh, talked about my son humping the mattress, like... Yeah. Know, so we know, like... Yeah. I know what's going on is where he's humping the mattress, yes. something. He's not I thinking used about veggie tales. listen to my brother do that down the hall when yeah. I was a kid. And uh, it, and then we just sort of ignored it as a family. Um, I think we eventually talked about it. My parents are really good about this kind of stuff, but I think they eventually were like, okay. And I think they talk about it in school a bit in this, and live, work, play his program. And um, I think he, he knows he knows he knows a bit about it. He knows that. Well, you have to have the discussion at the very least about no masturbating in public. We did, yeah, because yeah. his buddy Chris got caught masturbating mm -hmm. on the bus a few times. Um, Chris is the best, uh, but I love that kid. But <laughs> but anyway, he anyway he, we we had a, also a discussion with him about um, about uh, we, um, you know no means no and how yeah. to treat women and stuff like that, which is also a very important thing you have to do with your with your boys because they don't know. Yeah. It's not as intuitive as even for apparently even for some some young men. Neurotypical it men. It should yeah. be too intuitive and it's not. Well, men and women are very very different. Yeah. I mean, Captain Obvious over here, but it's just very different. Yeah. So anyway, Peter's a great kid. He's doing great, and I think that we should end this episode on a positive note and talk to the man, the myth, the legend himself. Peter Parker, call him up. I will. Let's call him up. Hello, Graham. Is th uh, I thought you were going to answer as uh, Ernie. Oh, right. Hey, Bert. Hey, <laughs> Ernie. How's it going, Ernie? <laughs> I'm fine, Bert. <laughs> How you doing, bro? I'm fine. Okay, when you said Ernie, I guess I almost forgot. That's okay. No problem. It was a long time. I took a little longer than I said to call. Um... How's uh how's archery doing? Did you start that? Thing? I only had my well, I just had my first day back on the Tuesday, November fifth. Whoa, that's awesome! Did you like it? Yeah, it was great. Tell me what you liked about it. Well, I guess it was better than basketball. Yeah, why? Because it wasn't so late at night. What well, what about it? Well, it's at seven p.m. at the RE Center, so I don't mind going, and I can leave my place at five thirty p.m. and get home at around a perfect time. Perfect. And was there any any nice people there? Any 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 
babes? Well, maybe a little bit of them, but I think we just spoke to each other for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, listen, uh, uh, what, so how is work? We've got to end, end the conversation soon. I'll call you back in a bit. But uh, quickly tell, every, tell, tell, tell everybody how you're doing. You're doing good? Yeah, I just enjoy working hard, but I don't like to rush through my work. But I guess we forget once in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you work today? I forgot. Yeah, I worked yesterday and today. Okay, sounds good. And your boss is still happy with you? Yeah, Norm's okay. It's just that I just don't want to keep on redoing things. But I guess we some might forget that we don't need to rush. That's right. Do you still keep that note in your in your wallet that tells you not to... Uh, no, it's a, it's a note that means I can't chatter at work. Right. And so what happens when you start chattering? You look at your note? Well, I, I, I guess I could forget. I could check in case if I forgot I shouldn't chatter at work. So what happens is when you start chit-chatting at work, you wrote a note that reminds you not to chit-chat at work. Who thought of that? Did you decide? Did you tell you that? Or did, did somebody at Liverpool Play tell you to do that? Nobody told me except when I told myself. That's awesome. Good for you, Peter. I'm proud of you. I don't need that. to have reminders from somebody else all the time. I might as well help myself out once in a while. I love you, Pete. I love you, man. Um, I got, did you hear what I said? I totally did, and I think that's fantastic, and I think it's really great that you're independent and you're a hard worker and you solve your own problems like an adult, and I'm very proud of you. I really, really am. I know, I know, but it's just that when I was a kid, I wish I did things myself, but I guess I wasn't old enough back then. That's okay, but you're a man now. Listen, Peter, I got to go. Well, like, I'll call you back later, okay? Okay, and Graham, one more thing. I don't think you were old enough to take care of everything by yourself from when you were a kid. No, but I'm getting older now, and I'm figuring it out slowly. I'll catch up okay. with you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, Kirk? Good old Peter. Good old Peter. He's back. I felt bad. You feel, I think you wanted to chit-chat a little more. You have to call him right back. We're almost done. I'll call him right back. I haven't talked to him in a bit. He's doing great, though. Hey, archery started, and you know why Arch, You know why we're doing archery is because of this podcast. Somebody suggested it, Somebody right? Somebody suggested he do bowling, and then right. we were like, he didn't want to do it, and um, it morphed into archery. I knew he had to do something, but at this podcast, our listeners, you guys, you, aut- you, aut- you autastics out there, uh, help push me along. And um, I guess we, sh- we should wrap this up. Uh, but before we do, I want to just say uh, once again on our 200th episode, it's a longer one, but it's, it's a big episode for us. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for all of your letters. Sincerely, sincerely thank you for all of your letters. Uh, they mean more than you know. Um, sometimes you, like when Kirk was like, you should do this podcast, I was like, why? What's the point? And I just never thought I could reach people at this level and um, reach, reach these people at this level. And every time I... You just knocked over a lamp, Kirk. I don't know if you, heard, <laughs> if you guys heard that on the mic, but every time I get emotional... I'm Kirk, a big animal. Kirk just, you know, gets a text or knocks over a lamp or whatever. But I, 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 I it, it keeps... It, I didn't realize that we'd be able to reach people on this level through this podcast. I never thought that we'd be able, we'd be able to affect people positively in such a way. I didn't think that that even was an angle. And um, it's a privilege, and I appreciate it. Appreciate your support, guys. We really, uh, yeah, what Graham said. We love you. Hope you find this encouraging. 
Remember, you're not alone. There's a lot of us doing this. If I can do this, you can do this. I'm <laughs> the least of these, and I'm doing it, so you can do it. That's it, guys. Thank you so much for the love. Have a great week. Yep, and you, uh, can, do you can do it. And uh, and I'm uh, at Instagram K and at Mr. Graham K. Uh, definitely follow us. Tell your friends. Share. Uh, keep posting about this. Uh, you know, share the link on your Facebook page or whatever. And uh, you can donate if you'd like at patreon.com slash autastic uh, to this podcast. That's the way most podcasts uh, make money or get donations these days. And uh, at Kirk Smith Comedy on all platforms, guys. Have a great week, guys. You can do it.